boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky tacky. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes all the same. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. It's spooky I'm, season. Uh, We've got uh, not a terribly spooky movie, <laughs> but I guess better than. It's more spooky than Wish Upon a Star from last week, that's for sure. Uh, only the fashion was spooky in that. Uh, my guest this episode to talk about Vivarium from 2020, a height of pandemic release. Shannon Klingman is here. Chris Lambert is here. Sebastian Moreno is here. It's an all-star squadron. Yo. Hello. Hello. Uh, to talk about production logos, the movie. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. There I've seen a lot, yes, a so. lot but there are so 13. Is a, notable, is a notable logo. Yeah, Saban, who puts out Power Rangers, is one of the, is like the main. But 13 production logos, I tell you, it, it, the first one minute and 16 seconds of this program is production logos. That's ludicrous. Well, <laughs> figure out a way. This thing had to get a lot of financing, in fairness, you know. Yeah, but figure out a way to speed through them. I don't need to see every single one of them, like, put, like, four at a, at a time or something. Like, it's bananas. That it just takes on a minute and 16 seconds. Must be a contract <clears throat> thing. Don't speed up the logos. Oof. Yeah, Vivarium came out in, I think, March or May. I think it's March of 2020. So, real interesting timing for a movie about being yeah. locked together with someone in a house and you can't leave. <laughs> uh, so, that probably hit a little different then than it does I was going to say, now, uh, but... because uh, this premiered in film festivals in 2019, but then got yeah. released in 2020, and yeah, this is uh, quite interesting timing. But for, yeah, for public consumption. But the, the similar thing happened with uh, Spontaneous, which came out kind of right around the same time and kind of means a little something different than it did, than they intended. And I think yeah. something else I talked about on this show, too. There's been a couple movies that, like, Oh, that's not what they were going for, but <laughs> it just works out that it's kind of this other layer. Yeah, although uh, I've been told by my friend that uh, Saban films didn't exactly market very well. No, I don't think anybody knew what they were doing right then. It was like, are we coming out in theaters? Are we not? Are theaters even open? Are we going straight to streaming? What are we doing? You know, I think people were still very figuring out how to make this yeah. work. We, who do we got? We got Jesse Eisenberg who I like in general. Yeah. I, know, I, I, I thought he was good with him. Yeah? I thought he did a great performance in this. I mean, he kind of always has he... the same performance. <laughs> I mean, he's always real. <laughs> not bad. Well, not in a bad way, but he never seems excitable. He's always very, you know, a straight line, except, I guess, well, the one performance I don't that. like is Lex Luthor, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I mean, at least the director of this one is a better is a better dude than Snyder, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll go on record here saying I don't have a problem with Zack Snyder as a person. He seems like, I mean, you know, needs to just an all right guy. Just, I just, I'm just not fond of his directing styles. The thing, no, you know? especially not but, on some things. He has yeah, some but, strange but ideas about Superman. I feel that Jesse Eisenberg had excellent chemistry with Imogene Poots, which. Yeah, I bought them together as a couple. Yeah, that's the, our other lead is Imogen Poots. He's been in a bunch of bunch of stuff. She's been in a lot of horror movies prior. She's like, good. I know she was in the Fright Night remake and Green Room. Mm-hmm. And well, but the movie actually starts with the, the quote-unquote metaphor of the movie, the allegory of the movie, the analogy of the movie, whatever <laughs> English class uh, shit the screenwriter. Interesting choice. Uh, sort of understood and then wrote a movie about we see footage of a, a cuckoo in the life cycle of a cuckoo where you know this invasive species of bird goes to other birds nests pushes yeah. the baby birds and eggs out and like so that a different species of bird will raise it as their own it's like the ultimate deadbeat parent like just dropping their kid off at the mall and, and driving to mexico like which uh, leads to that <clears throat> line in uh Imogene Poots says, like, nature is bitter, I think she says. Something like that. But, and I see what they were going for, but that's not what's actually, by the end, that's not what's happening in the movie. 
like the another species is giving people their child to raise but it's not it's not disrupting I don't know how to describe it, but it's not, it's not the, the analogy they're going for is not perfect. Let's just say that. Honestly, uh, the bird thing aside and just think of, you know, I don't want to go, I don't want to jump ahead a bit, but, um, I just see this I mean, film as sort of, I mean, I just see this film as something like a middle finger to, um, Christian conservative values since this, um, these are like the kind of pressures they put on people who don't want to have kids, but forced into these roles because of societal expectations and such that that creepy sells when meals are due is kind of evokes that uh evangelical look he's, he's very mormony yeah he's a mormon <laughs> missionary <laughs> for sure yeah. the the thought analogy isn't even my isn't my main problem with this movie it's a movie that i think has an interesting concept it started as a, as a short. It probably should have stayed as a short. Like, if this were, like, an episode of The Twilight Zone or Black Mirror or something, and it's 45 minutes long, you'd be like, all right. But stretched out to 99 minutes? Man, that's a lot of fat you could trim. I didn't know that. I didn't know it started out as a short. Yeah, something, it's called, like, Foxes or something. It's by the same uh, writer and director, but it's, must have it's definitely been stretched my... out. To, it can't support its own <laughs> weight. And then... Yeah, it's very clearly, I guess the central metaphor beyond even the cuckoo thing is domesticity in the suburbs. Isn't it hell? Men work themselves to death and d literally dig their own fucking grave. <laughs> like, you know, and women are the raising these shitty kids. Like, this this film is birth control is what this movie is. Yeah. Like, this, the kid in this movie, if ever there was a, a debate to be had for abortion, Jesus Christ. This kid. Oh, that kid. Oh, that kid is creepy. That I don't. That I don't blame the character snapping at that kid just because he he is creepy. And no, absolutely not. He's not human. Jesse Eisenberg wanted to lock this kid in the car and let him starve to death. Correct. No, honestly, I'm surprised it took as long as it did. Like, how, how did it take that? How what? Yeah, Eighty some days. Ninety-eight days. Nope. Yeah. How did it take that long? Because the thing is, it's not... Look, and I'm not talking about abusing a child. You are stuck in a house with something that you know is not a human being. Yes. You know it is not, not your child. It is clearly maybe a fucking robot. You don't know. But it's not a... It's clearly not a person, as you know this thing. Well, did you so see who the gives a shit? Bulging? That was creepy. The of course. Bulging just... Whoa. Whoa. Like, that creeped me the fuck out. But it's such an obvious... Just the, you know... Oh, don't ever get married and have kids and be part of like it's so on the nose it's so i mean yeah he literally <laughs> he leaves to go to his job every day which is digging a hole in the front yard and it's slowly killing him into <laughs> like it's so just obvious and front-loaded and not subtle at all which reminds me a lot of i just watched men last week finally that's that's a movie that is not subtle about what it's trying to sell like it's very much well, philosophy 101 term paper like <laughs> but so that's my main problem with the movie and my other main problem with the movie is what what is the aliens goal here and we'll, we'll get to the specifics but can someone explain to me you're having them raise your kid great then what yeah because it seems like i mean again not to jump too far ahead but it's just like an endless cycle yes they, they do one at a time then it goes so, back to the real estate office and sits at that fucking desk until another couple comes in. It then right. ages and dies until its replacement comes. Like, this isn't a world takeover. You're not infiltrating shit. I guess you're learning about people, but you're really not, is the other thing. You're not raising uh, this kid in a typical, you know, what's a typical human parenting experience? It's not this. It's not being trapped in an endless <laughs> loop of houses with this... Dis disgusting little shit boy who you're, what are, you're not gleaning from this what normal parenting is like because this is not it you've put these people in an extreme ridiculous situation that in no way resembles what being an actual parent is like so of course they're not raising your kid <laughs> in a normal way like it's i don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what what the end game is here yeah let's get into it Gemma, imogen pooch she's a kindergarten teacher 
which it doesn't really matter, I guess, except that, I mean, she's inclined, to, she likes kids, she's inclined to like children, she probably wants her own children, she will change her mind <laughs> on that. No, she probably still wants, a, like, a normal human child, not this ridiculous automaton. Yeah. And Tom, who is Jesse Eisenberg, who's like a handyman or something, yeah. who's carrying his tools yeah, around in her car, <laughs> so he probably doesn't have his own car. So he might be a bit of a loser, but their relationship seems pretty good. They're going to go yeah. look at houses, and they go to how, I mean, of all the places you could find, they, they stumble upon Yonder, is the name of this yeah. housing development. It's something, yeah, something, works. Prospect Properties, is that what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this creepy dude, Martin, who's, yeah, who's a real, like, you make a joke about people are like, oh, he, he doesn't seem like a person. He seems like an alien wearing a person suit who's just learning what, what people are like. But in a really obvious way, like, immediately you're like, well, that's not a person. <laughs> like, is he a robot? What is he? What is his deal? Because he talks super creepy. Someone call the men in black. 100%. <laughs> this is an Edgar suit. But not gross, just, like, really say, Mormon. The, the guy that plays him, Jonathan Harris, I, I really liked him. He did a really good job in his performance, but... <laughs> but yeah, like you say, the second I walked into that office and he started talking, I'd be like, "Nope, we're gonna go." We, we just remembered we already have a house. So. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that he's like his yeah his performance is fine. I'm not knocking the actor, but he's being asked to do something that, as characters, like or even just as people watching the movie, should be like, "Oh no, hard no, red flag." Like he's so <laughs> upfront about how not human and normal he is that yeah they should have been like. No, we can just buy an RV. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have, I know they have RVs in England. It's like the caravan people, right? We can just do that. That's just, that'll just be our life. If this is who we're buying houses from, no, I'm not following this well, guy to the Seven Eleven. Fuck that. Well, we wouldn't have started, would we? Then we wouldn't. No, but I do. You know, I want just some logical consistency from. If you want me to expect that these are like smart people, I don't know. Just, yeah, well, you you have a well, conversation with this guy. It's over. But they follow this guy to this housing development it's all these every house looks I'll probably make it the song same. at the beginning little boxes on the hillside little, you know that you know, yeah every house looks the same it's all they're all green reminded me of weeds where that show had every house that looks that's the song i was just singing is that these seem something from weeds yeah i'll probably put that at the beginning <laughs> it's yeah they all look the same in the houses they have paintings of the houses <laughs> which is i found interesting and kind of, there are, there are moments yeah. in this movie, some of which I think are on purpose, some of which are probably not, that I found really, really funny and <laughs> made me laugh a lot. So it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is a terrible movie. There's a good movie in here. There's just a lot left on the table as far as, again, you don't even have to explain everything to me, but it has to make some kind of sense. And a lot of this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so yeah, it's surrealist after yeah, after fashion, it's just, but surrealism is not an excuse for poor storytelling, ever, so, I don't know. Yeah, so he's showing him around, and then they go to talk to him, and he's, like, gone. He's, like, he, like, he just got in his car and left, left them there. And they're, like, okay, Jesse Eisenberg is, like, perfect, we can fucking go now, because there's no way. All of this shit is creepy. So they go to leave, and they can't leave. The neighborhood is an endless loop that constantly, no matter what they do, brings them back to house number nine kind of like freddy's dead yeah definitely and here we kind of see the first sign of oh maybe tom's kind of kind of an asshole maybe because he's like just let me drive as if she's doing something wrong and that's why they can't leave and then so he gives it a shot for hours and hours and no matter what they do no matter which way they turn in an impossible fashion they wind up back in front of house number nine again until they run out of gas that's how long and the sun has gone down it's dark out so they spent the remainder of the day trying to leave this neighborhood and they can't it doesn't make any sense they have no cell phone service at least they deal with that question and you know it's not like one of these people call the police you know they show you there's no phone service at all they do try that gift basket that was left for them and they comment that the strawberries had no taste yeah they decide if we can't leave we're just going to crash here for the night i guess and figure, figure this out tomorrow so they go they Going to nine, it's, yeah, it's been all day, so they're hungry and thirsty. They drink this know, champagne or sparkling cider, or whatever it is, and this, yeah, this welcome basket of stuff, and yeah, none of it has any taste. It's all tasteless. 
the crash in the bed <laughs> to play it, you know. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you would. I don't know what else, other than sleep in your yeah. car, I don't know what else you can do. <laughs> it's an unreal situation. But then Tom gets the bright idea of following the sun, which that didn't seem to work in his favor either. Well, first he climbs up, he gets his ladder, his work ladder, luckily it was in the car, and he goes up on the roof to look like, okay, I'm going to get like an aerial view, like when you're lost in the woods and you climb a tree, <laughs> like he's doing that, to yeah. see like, okay, yeah. where is the edge of the fuck this fucking neighborhood so I can see a direction, and it all the way to the horizon in every direction is the roofs of these houses. It's infinite. And the sky, we got little glimpses of it when we were driving around, but now we can really see that the sky is like this weird, almost like a, it's almost just like a painting. And the clouds are moving, but they're all the same little round shape clouds. They're very uniform. It's like they're living inside of a, a painting or something. Yeah. I thought that was very effective with how artificial it looks. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, like every cloud is like this perfect, almost like cotton candy. Mm -hmm. Like mass it was yeah very surreal yeah it's cool like i said the first half of this movie i'm like all right i'm on board this is this is interesting stuff mm -hmm. i want to see where this is going it's just where it goes is not i don't know maybe didn't do it for me quite so much but it's all it's all very pretty looking though the production design is very very good especially They're... giving it that creepy claustrophobic even though you're outdoors type of feel like you like, there's a sky and everything, but it still feels like you're trapped in this place. Yeah, everything's like that gross hospital green. And I'm wondering, I am I would guess, I don't know any behind-the-scenes things that, um, this movie, but I would guess they had a soundstage in which they built this one house, and then everything else was green screen around it. Because there, there's some there's some bad CGI spots in this. When we, do, when we would see the aerial view of them driving through the neighborhood when they're trying to leave... The car is so much bigger than it should be. <laughs> like the really? the length of this really? car is equal to like the width of one of these houses, which is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just a little like I don't know, like a Prius or something. It's not. Yeah, I mean that's not the biggest deal in the world, but there there are there are times when the backdrop and the setting looks a little too surreal to where it's like oh that's it just looks you know artificial, which I mean I guess it is so. I don't know if that's really even a fault, but <laughs> I don't know. He does try burning down the house, which fuck all that did. Well, first, yes, because that's the end result. Because first, he's like, okay, the, the sun is that way. We're just going to follow the sun sooner or later, <laughs> you know, so we're going to cut three yards. So they're climbing all day. They're climbing fences into identical backyards, identical backyards, and the sun is going down. And where do they wind up? Back in the backyard oh, of their own house. The nobody crashes into a fence. Yeah. Like, yeah, so there's there's, there's a moment of hope where they come to this backyard where there's a light on there. Like, oh, there's a light on in there. And they go in and they, the gift basket's sitting there and they realize it's it's number nine again. Yeah. At which point he tears a cardboard box apart and lights the arson. He just lights, he's like, fuck this, and lights the house on fire. <laughs> And they go out in the street, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm sending up a smoke signal. Like someone's gonna come now. Like I'm done. I'm done messing around." Yeah, it's been. We don't get an exact timeline, but it's been. I think they've been here a couple days at this point. With yeah, no. They, hope. they go out front, and in the street, there's this box just sitting there, and it's got like, like vacuum sealed food and supplies yeah. and stuff for him. Yeah, he just he just goes inside and dumps it all out. And sets the box on fire to burn the house down because he doesn't give a shit he's like tired of this yeah which is i mean you know hey i'm on his side and then <laughs> so they kind of fall asleep on each other in the street and when they wake up the house is untouched completely restored as if nothing ever happened there was no fire and so now they really have no hope but also that's not the only thing that has happened there's another box in the street uh it's it's the wet baby box <laughs> <laughs> Because they open it and there's a infant inside, not like a newborn, but like an infant, very, very cute and adorable little baby yeah. boy who's still like wet and slimy with whatever he came out of. I'd have assumed test tube, one of those genetically... Yeah, or like a matrix spawning pod or whatever the fuck. And inside the box is written, it says, raise the child and you will be released. So now we're like, okay, now here, now we've got the conceit, we've got everything... Like, we're, we have the information we need. We're good to go. The movie is kind of beginning now. <laughs> Hard cut to day 98. 
she is drawing height. They're keeping track of this kid's height. And in 98 days, he has grown. He's probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old looking, I would guess. That's eight, seven. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this fucking kid. <laughs> well, first I off, they... Mention, yeah, go I ahead. should mention, they do give him the finger and he just... And he doesn't know the meaning, so he just gives it back, which I thought was pretty funny. There's a lot of funny moments of this kid acting like an alien robot who, you know, who doesn't... Yeah, he comes in the morning and stands at the foot of their bed and just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and they wake, But that, at this point, yeah, it's been three months of this now. And so they, yeah, they're just flipping him the bird and they're like, oh my God, they're looking, they're looking pretty ragged. But they've done something with this kid, like... The kid is never, you never hear this kid's voice. And that's another kind of issue is that they're not very good at the, the lip sync of syncing up. There's a lot of times where he's talking, it does not match, you know, but. I mean, I thought, I kind of thought that was part of the point. Where this is an artificial kid and he doesn't sound right. No, the sounding right is cool, but the lips not matching up is, I think, just, I don't know. But I'm wondering what they, it almost sounds like, I almost wonder if how they got this kid's voice if they took Imogen Poot's voice because they have kind of the same accent and just dialed it down you know and made I it deeper or if it was a combination just... of her voice and Eisenberg's voice like layered on top of each other or something but he's got it's an unnaturally kind of deep like it's not a kid's voice it's clearly like this weird amalgam voice I, I assumed because the kid is very clearly a he is a Martin because he's he looks like a tiny version of Martin, and he, he does the same. Like, we've skipped over it before, but when they were touring the house, Martin did this thing where he mimicked something that mm-hmm. that Gemma said. And so the kid does that all the time. Yeah. And so I, I kind of almost assumed that they maybe took uh, Jonathan Aris's voice and, like, like ma- manipulated it to make him sound like a little kid. Well, that could be, too. Yeah, I don't know. I'd actually be interested to see how they did this kid's voice, but yeah, he's just a little shitburger, this kid. Like, you know, they like they mentioned like they mentioned dog, like, and again, they've taught him that like, like oh, dogs say woof, so he runs around the house, woof, 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 woof. Well, well, again, I don't blame the couple just being fed up with everything and just not very fond of a creepy artificial kid. Absolutely not. And he's constantly he sits at the breakfast table and he screams at the top of his lungs until you have. And it's just, that's the first time I laughed is when it cuts to him just at the breakfast table and they are scrambling to try to like fill this bowl of cereal so he'll stop screaming and the second the spoon is in, he just stops. They're just like, here, take it. I'm, I'm done. Just. But this is their life now. This has been their life now for three months. And they're sitting eating their flavorless sausage and eggs that they have every morning. And they're just like, they're, they're kind of resigned to like, at least yeah. it's growing fast. Like at this rate, Maybe we'll be out of here in a, another couple months. I don't know. <laughs> like, let's just get through this. Well, because yeah. other than just like the screaming and imitating dogs, it's like he's just regurgitating conversations they've had to each other, which I mean, that can't be pleasant to live with either because it's just, he's just like, of course not. Yeah, he's just saying like arguments they've had with each other. Yeah. It's like he can't form his own conversations he's just repeating what he's heard yeah and he's doing he's mimicking their voices not not like perfectly it's not mm-hmm. like they're playing just a clip of you know but close <laughs> like you can definitely tell when he's doing tom versus when he's doing Gemma. Mm-hmm. yeah having that shit thrown back in your face would not be great yeah. but do you get it don't ever get married and have kids everybody <laughs> this is what your life your life is going to be hell this is you know it's not not worth it, I guess. But it's such a but that's such well, a like... entitled kind of like I get the idea that like you know oh the suburbs and this domestic life and working like it's it's like when it's, it's a slow death or whatever. But there are people who live in places, bad neighborhoods, slums, homeless people who would kill your fucking mother for a chance to live in the suburbs and have you know like it's such an entitled it comes from such a privileged place of like oh wouldn't it suck to live in this house where all the houses look the same no some people would love to have a fucking house you know what i mean <laughs> like who gives it like it's just like uh i don't know it's kind of an icky concept but I think fair, fair. 
all their waste is getting picked up. Like they just, they just scrape their dishes off into the cardboard box, set it out on the street every day. It vanishes. So he, he's decided I've got this pickaxe. I'm sitting in this lawn and I'm not leaving until someone, whoever comes and gets his box comes. I'm going to kill them with this pickaxe and we're going to get the fuck out of here. But he's done it before. And she's always like, it never worked. Like they always somehow manage to get it when we're distracted or not looking or something. He's like, nope, today's the day. I'm going to get him. <laughs> I'm going to get him. And she goes back inside. He's standing out there with the kid. <laughs> I actually love this. He flicks it because he's had, at the beginning, he like was having a cigarette in her car. And she's like, ew, stop it. You know, and he's like, oh, just a couple puffs, you know. So he's not like a real hard cigarette addict like my ass is. But there is no, I can tell you as someone who has had moments in his life where you were broke or whatever, and you're down to your last couple cigarettes, and you're down to smoking just a third of it at a time, and then the other third, and then you're down to just the butt, you're trying to get that last couple puffs off it. There's no way this last couple cigarette butts he had has lasted him three months. <laughs> like, they would be so... And he even has one at the end of the movie left. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way you would have smoked these down to the filter so long ago. But... Maybe he had more boxes in the car? Maybe. maybe. Or maybe they're being delivered as well? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, uh, or he wouldn't be smoking the down to the last little inch. But but he flicks this cigarette butt at the kid, which is a move I always like, and not at kids necessarily, but like <laughs> like it's because it's such an indignant like get the fuck out of it, and like flipping a, flicking a cigarette butt at somebody in a movie because it it's not actually gonna hurt them. It might like sting for just a second, but just the indignity of like here take my burning garbage like I, fuck, I love it. It's such a boss move. <laughs> but he flicks a cigarette at this kid. It bounces off him, it lands on the grass, and there's a really terrible piece of stop-motion animation. I was surprised by that, because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't expect stop-motion, but I thought it was a neat effect. It's no, just so... Bad it just jumps out as being like... Like, I understand there's this surreal, but it... Yeah, I don't know, it just looks so... I don't know. But the grass sort of burns away, and he can see the ground underneath, and it gives him the idea to... So he grabs a pickaxe and starts digging, and right under just, like, this top very shallow layer of dirt the ground is just made of like yellow play-doh <laughs> like it's just like this weird clay but he's gonna figure this out he's digging he's di there has to be something down here so so begins <laughs> his new job <laughs> you know he's, he's gonna spend every day here digging this hole but then they turn and look and the box is gone and they weren't so distracted that a car could have pulled up and taken it away. Like, they would have noticed. Like, But while they had their back turned, the box has gone. As it always is when they're distracted. So, But now he has something new to focus on. Their relationship still hasn't, hasn't completely fallen apart. Because you see them like still, like, they get up in the morning and as he's leaving the room, he, like, puts his hand on her shoulder. So there's still, like, some affection. That, like, they're still, they're keeping it together for each other. Kind of, and you still see them kind of having fun brushing their teeth together and stuff. They're still having sex because this kid is fucking watching them like a little creeper. <laughs> watching them fuck like just through the crack door. Just like watching them fuck. Face. Fuck this kid. <laughs> <laughs> but it degenerates to where he is just, I mean, as a way to escape all of this. And it's shitty that he's leaving her to deal with this fucking kid all day. But that's yeah. that's the metaphor, right? He's off to work doing his own, you know. His, he's so focused on, like, he gets done with breakfast. Oh, I'm going out and dig again. I think I'm really making progress now. And just leaves them alone just to, just be, away, to be away from this kid, probably, mostly. <laughs> just, like, he's not my problem anymore. And he's digging, digging, digging. And we see, we hear him coughing, and his cough is getting worse because I imagine, yeah, he's breathing oh, in whatever the fuck artificial bullshit this ground is made out of and breathing in dirt all day. Like, he's getting black lung. <laughs> like, he's... Like a miner, you know. The black Get lung the black pop. <laughs> Yellow lung. And she's taken to like taking naps up against the washing machine just to drown out this fucking garbage kid's voice. Because <laughs> he's running around woof woof woof, just chatting to himself and blah blah blah, having asking her stupid questions and in his creepy voice and yeah, mimicking them and just really being. And here's the first place where we see uh, the kid is watching what I I just wrote, mm -hmm. I just referred to as weird tentacle brain pattern channel on the television because I didn't know what to call it. But he's I watching, just call it weird TV on my notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's this weird like black and white 
like swirly pattern thing that I'm guessing is like some kind of subliminal brain download for his people or something. I don't know, but yeah, it almost looks like the veins of like a leaf kind of, but it's like moving and, and flowing and yeah, he, he just watches that in the middle or anytime they're not paying attention to him, but it's like the only channel they have. <laughs> like they can't just put on Paw Patrol for this kid. And... Or veins of the human brain. Maybe. They also can't watch themselves. Well, that too. They also can't watch anything themselves. Like they are entertainmentless. So digging the hole makes a lot. Actually, makes a lot of sense because it's just <laughs> fucking something to, you know. Because they don't have any books. They don't have their phones. Don't work. They don't have. It's not like there's. Oh, here's. It came with this nice collection of DVDs. Like there's a TV, but just for this kid to watch this creepy signal. So if they did put in DVDs, I imagine it probably would have been um, all copies of Mister. Wonder Emporium, whatever the fuck that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Emporium. Because that's your hell, yeah, that Seb? <laughs> well, you technically just... my, well, technically my hell would be um, watching uh, watching Michael Bay's Transformers movie on a loop is my hell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could... I mean, that's not great, but I could I could learn to live with it. There's stuff I've watched with this show that would be a much worse <laughs> punishment. <laughs> Or like that, or that fucking monsters well, movie. If you just had the monsters movie playing at all times, I would fucking hang myself. But they're they're finding little moments wherever they can to kind of feel human again. They go and sit out in the car, and they're both like, "Do you ever come out here and just like smell the inside of the car? Because it doesn't smell like it smells like the real world. <laughs> like it's not new car smell. It's old car smell, but it's." It's something. We've trapped a piece of like reality inside this car and it smells different than the sanitized air inside the house and in the neighborhood. Like it's, you know, and they kind of take joy in that and they realize yeah. he kind of just absentmindedly goes to turn the stereo on and it comes on and they're like, holy shit, the battery still works? Like we were out of gas. Like we never, I guess we never tried that before. I don't, I don't know if the battery would, <laughs> just a car just sitting there for months. I don't know. Maybe. But the radio comes on, they have themselves, they're having themselves a real nice headlight street dance party together and being alive and this fucking kid comes nice. and ruins it like it ruins everything. <laughs> get it everybody? Don't ever have kids. They ruin everything. You don't get a moment to yourself to just dance in the street. It's Bullshit, I've seen fucking Bluey. There's a whole episode about dance mode, the whole episode is dancing with the kids in the street. Anyway. <laughs> I can't tell you how hard it has been to not start a Bluey podcast. And the only reason I haven't, it's the best show on fucking TV. I don't care what anybody says. It's the best show on TV. And the only reason I haven't is because there's already like eight other Bluey podcasts. So I'm not going to bother. But Wait, there are more Bluey podcasts? Really? Oh, yeah. There's like a big one that's like two Australian moms who've like been weird since the beginning. There's one that's like a dad and his daughter. There's one that's two grown American men. Damn, this show is and like three other ones. Damn, this catching on. I had Watch no Bluey, idea. man. I'm telling you, it is the best show on TV. Your kids can watch it, especially if you're a parent. But kids can watch it. Grown-ups can watch it. Because there's stuff in there. Not. I'm not saying it's like adult stuff where it's like, oh, kids shouldn't see that. But there's, there's kid stuff going on. But then there's also things that kids aren't even going to recognize. But adults are like, holy shit, that's what, that's life. That's just life we watched. Like, <laughs> it's so, so good. It's amazingly good and actually, like, funny and, like, ah, uh, so everybody watch Louie. It's so good. Anyway, but yeah, this it's fucking kid comes and wrecks it. Go ahead. It probably makes me a horrible person, but one of my biggest laughs was this scene. The kid trips him mm -hmm. and Tom body slams this kid into the fucking pavement. <laughs> Yeah, they're dancing. The kid comes and starts like dancing up on him and like trips him and Tom falls and like hits his head on the curb and he stands up and yeah, he yeah, he power bombs his kid onto a fire hydrant. Like, he just... <laughs> and then I laughed again because, you know, after she freaks out and Tom runs into the house, the kid jumps up and just starts dancing again like nothing happened. Well, even when immediately when he gets slammed, like Tom just picks him up and bodily throws him at the earth, throws him at the cement. And when she goes to check on him, he's just smiling up at her like, Daddy did a funny thing. What, can we go back to dancing? Like, it's so fucked up. But, yeah, he has had it with this kid. Well, this kid has ruined <laughs> the one la like moment of, like, joy they had in the last months and months. And he's just, he's well, fucking nobody, over it. Well, no doubt he just didn't want to be reminded of the hell he's in. Yeah. 
But as soon as you see, because they're dancing and everything's fine, as soon as you see the kids start coming down the sidewalk, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> like, this is just yeah. doom coming. Like, <laughs> um, And, I mean, I say this speaks to this kid's performance because I work with kids. I've seen how kids dance. And the way this kid dances looks straight up like AI out of a video game is trying to dance. And, like, it's just so robotic and weird it's not how kids really dance I so mean, it's point, you know yeah, yeah i'm just saying like well done on that kid no i think the acting. kid is good uh, i mean oh, it's sorry. a little harder to say because we're not we're never hearing his actual voice so who knows mm -hmm. how his line delivery was and stuff but as far as like yeah i think the kid's fine too he definitely it's... gets across <laughs> what they want to get across yeah but she so she takes him to bed and she's like, don't worry, I'm not going to let him hurt you anymore. So she is, despite herself, despite the situation, finds herself bonding with this little weirdo. Or at least feeling a motherly, protect, just sort of, you know, at least protective of him because... Some kind of pity? You, you look at him and you see a kid and you just saw a kid get body slammed into the ground by an adult man and that makes you feel something. And so she's putting the kid to bed and... He's doing more. He's copying her more, and she's like, whatever. And he's like, good night, mommy. And she stops the door, and she's like, I'm not your mother. Like, she's drawing a line here. Like, look, I don't have to let him, I don't have to let, have to let my boyfriend murder you, but you are not my fucking kid. Like, don't ever say that again. And then he really starts copying, like, them fighting, and, like, I think he's even doing, like, their sex noises back at her and stuff. And she's like, you're fucking disgusting, and leaves the room, which is pretty good. Tom, meanwhile, has taken to, yeah, so she is now taken to sleeping in the bed with the kid, Tom is taken to sleeping in the hole he is digging. <laughs> he's down like 15, 20 feet now. Like he's, you know, but he's just sleeping in the hole at night. Anything to stay away from this fucking kid. And they're all losing it at this point. Well, more so than usual. Yeah, she's laying in bed crying. He's laying in the hole crying. Like everyone's crying. It's bad except for this kid. It's bad. But he start. he starts hearing a at least I couldn't really hear it. It was so so quiet in the sound mix. But according to the subtitles, creature shrieking. I don't know. I didn't really hear much. But that's what it was. Underground, like as he's digging, like it's hearing it coming from where he's digging. So he's digging faster. And he's like, okay, I know there's something down here because I can hear noise coming from underground. This weird creature shrieking. And then we have more. He he's he has reached his limit because the next morning. They're doing the breakfast routine where the kid is just shrieking at them until they get the food. And he's standing back watching her do it. And then he, Eisenberg charges across his kitchen, grabs this kid's bowl of cereal and throws it at the wall like a MLB pitcher. And just smashes it. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, we're not going to feed it. We're done feeding it. In fact, and he grabs the kid. I'm taking him out to the car. I'm locking him in this car. They're not going to let it, whoever they are, they're not going to let this kid starve to death. So they will come and get him and we will deal with them then. And the I kids mean, out there screaming. I mean, it's a sound theory, so, you know. I 100% agree. But she's too soft-hearted to know that this quote-unquote kid is out in the car screaming. But here's the thing. You already hear this kid scream at you all day every day. That's his default well, mode. So him doing it in the car by himself or doing it with you in the house is no different. And I'm on Jesse Eisenberg's side. Well, I, I don't doubt this kid is just trying to manipulate Gemma, you know, to feeling sorry for him and such, you know. Like, yeah. You know. And here's where Tom, yeah, and Tom here gets a little rough with Gemma because she's trying to let the kid out and he hauls her back in the house and kind of tackles her to the ground too and he's on top of her, like, yelling at her. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. So... Which, and look, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make excuses for him that he's, like, under the pressure oh, of whatever, you know. Well, well, me neither. At all. You know, everyone but, just snap, man, but, you know, you got you to gotta chill on him. Yeah. Know. Like, I, I, like, oh, I get it. It doesn't make it good, but I, I get it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I really say that without sounding like an abuser. That's <laughs> not what I mean. I just, you know. Well, every, well, both of them are snapping at each other and snapping at this kid just being stuck for him. I assume by now, 12 months, maybe, since three. Well, he hasn't, at least until the next time jump when the kid is, like, not a kid anymore. Yeah. That's probably more, but that's probably months and months. 
yeah, no, it's hard to say because we we don't see any more of the yeah. the keeping track of his height by days. So <laughs> the other thing that made me laugh is so she's hanging out with this kid in the backyard. They're laying out on blankets. Like she's trying, she's trying to bond with him somehow and figure him out. They're looking up at the clouds, and she says to you, "I'm going to figure you out. Like you're a mystery." And the kid goes, "I'm a mystery. I'm a mystery." Like just the way he said it was really funny to me. A lot it's of like things a this kid does, but. Yeah, she's trying to explain to him, like, like, where I come from, the clouds don't look like this. They look like thing. Like, they're all different shapes and sizes, and they're not all this, the same. And she had to explain to him what dreams were at one point, because he doesn't have them, you know? And she kind of loses it with the clouds, because they all look the same. And, and even Yeah, she is, she is on a tattered edge, man. She, <laughs> she's... I mean, Jesse Eisenberg has been escaping this kid out in his hole for the longest time. If anybody should be snapping and losing it and locking this kid in something, it's her. But she's, I guess, uh, a stronger will or something. Well, she, but. well, she's a school teacher anyway, so, like, preschoolers. I assume preschool teachers. She'd look like kindergarten, but yeah. Yeah, so she has inherently more patience with children, but she's also never been locked in her classroom with her children. <laughs> for months and months as they scream at her so that could change her uh, <laughs> in the thoughts a little bit next day the kid is missing she's searching all through the house for him but she can't find him where'd he go Tom have you seen him Tom's down in the hole he hasn't seen shit <laughs> and he wouldn't fucking care if he did if he saw a tiger run up and eat this kid he wouldn't even tell her he would just go back to digging his hole it's a big ass hole at this point yeah he's like, yeah he's it's like 15-20 feet down that he's, he's he's got a ladder to get up and down this hole. Yeah, because she's asking. She asks him like, like, what's the goal here? Like, when are you going to stop? He's like, I don't know, Australia. <laughs> 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 Until I find something. But the kid comes back with this book that someone question mark has given him, and she's looking at it, and it's written in like an alien language. It's got the it's got pages that are just the pattern that was on the TV. There's little diagrams of like, here's a male and here's a female and there's a child. So it almost makes me wonder if they didn't somehow take their DNA and like this kid is actually what their kid would look like. Because it almost looked from a diagram like we've made this kid well, from assume, them. But well, I assume both that and put their own touches to it. Like, you know, again, yeah, this kid looks well, definitely. very Mormon as uh, well, and they all do. When you kind of get sort of a glimpse of other kid of other kids later, they all kind of they're not identical to this kid, but they all have the same kind of look to them. So yeah, because that was a weird book that I kind of assumed in my notes that it was about reproduction. Somehow. It seemed to be. It seems like it's like a guidebook or instruction manual for this kid to yeah. learn. Like this is why you're here. This is what you're for. Like it's time you learned what this is all about. And you're not just living in the house with these two people who hate you. <laughs> you know? But she wants to know where he got this book. So she's kind of, she tries to trick him into like, we're going to play like charade, not charades, but like you do your mimic, do your mimicking thing. Like, what is, what do I sound like? And he does it, you know, he does an imitation of her. What's Tom sound like? And he does like, Gemma, get over here. Like, it's, you know, not, not, not the thing you want a kid to think of the first time. What does daddy sound like? Oh, a belligerent drunk maybe but and then she's like okay and the dog we know you we know you can do a doggy woof 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 and he's like okay what did the person sound like that gave you this book and here's where the movie takes <laughs> takes a turn into like oh, okay if you didn't know what we're doing this is what we're doing because he's like he starts grunting and then he stands up and these throat sacks like a fucking frog singing come out of his throat and he's making this inhuman shriek and she's screaming and backing up it kind of comes out of it's done pretty well because it's in the, it's the t tail end of what seems like a pretty innocuous scene between the two of them and just out of nowhere these it's one of the creepier moments i find yeah it's you know, like i said there's there's a stuff in this movie that's really really effective it just kind of doesn't add up to what i needed to add up to but yeah so clearly this kid is if there was any doubt that he wasn't human, he's, you know, now you know for sure. And then he even we, says, silly mom, you are home. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's she's not like, I just want to go all. home. He's like, oh, yeah. that's not creepy at all. That's not creepy at all. And, fucked up. and then we hard cut to, we're at the Sarcastle. breakfast table and this kid is 
not he's not a kid anymore. He's a grown ass man now. So who knows how many more months have gone by? But I'm going to assume two months, given um, how how the kid turned seven in 98 days. Yeah, and he looks like, I mean, maybe we're supposed to be like, oh, he's 21 now, so that would be another six months? Yeah. If if he's aging seven years every three months, something like that, maybe it's accelerated once he read the book, who knows, but Uh, some time has passed. They mark the passage of time here, because in the first time jump, they show an aerial view of the house that says help on the roof. Yeah. (laughs) This time with the time jump, the words on the roof have changed to fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tom thought at some point he could put like a signal on the roof, but then they realized that no planes ever fly over, so no one's ever going to see it. So they are very much inside some sort of space-time bubble that you cannot enter or leave. But, yeah, so the kid has grown. She's still making her breakfast every day. She, Tom yeah. is no closer to whatever he's, whatever he's going to find. No, Tom is very sick. I feel I, I, at this point I think he's kind of just no he, he hasn't given up on the hole yet but he has barricaded himself in like she brings him food so they're still their relationship is still there's still something there they're not like completely but he, she comes to bring him breakfast and he has to move a chair away from the doorknob to let her in because he's like just barricaded like this kid is not coming in the room with me anymore and I one assumes she has told him what happened with the throat sack thing <laughs> God, that don't keep that to yourself but. I'm just going to assume he was like, whatever, or just. He's probably like, yep, that tracks. (laughs) That's why. And well, and here's where she's, they're kind of eating their breakfast. They've barricaded themselves in the bedroom. And she says to him, she's like, why didn't I let you kill him when he was young? Which is bleak and dark, but for the situation, appropriate, I feel. I mean, at this, I mean, at this point, just go fuck it and try, try anything, maybe. Yeah, at this point, how have you not just buried a carving knife in the back of this kid's skull just to see what would happen? <laughs> you know? Like, you have nothing to lose at this point. The police aren't coming to get you. Like, what? You know? I don't know. And I assume friends and family are cut off completely. Well, yeah, they have no phone access. They have nothing. So, just to see what would happen. But I guess th- there's that promise of you will be released if you raise this child. So, we just have to, you know false hope they these aliens promise kind of at their limit at this point but yeah tom's cough has progressed now to where he's it's like racking coughs a lot more often he seems very weak and they're probably also not getting I mean, she's looking pretty rough too because they're probably not getting a lot of sleep and they're also not eating very well because they have this tasteless it's probably just enough nutrition to keep them alive <laughs> but it's not you know it's not exactly well fed yeah, so they're probably exhausted, malnourished, certainly mentally exhausted. But yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Tom is his job is killing him. Do you get it, everybody? <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not subtle. The director is Irish, I'm told. So you know, a lot of baggage with conservative religion there. So yeah, that too. Yeah, religion doesn't really seem to enter into it. But I suppose that kind of is a package deal that comes along. But I mean, it's never like brought but up in the movie. Of, but but it, it, I'm just, it's just that it feels that way to me. But how? It's it that white Protestant, suburban. you know. Yeah. Yeah, just the suburban, the domesticity. Yeah. Rail against it, everybody. Gemma tries following because now, now the kid is like going on walks. It seems fairly often, and she tries following him to see where he's going, who he's meeting with, but she can never keep sight of him. She always winds up, like she'll go down a street and then come back and she's like she'd come around the corner and she's back where she started she's in a real circle so she can't keep track of this kid tom in the hole finally finds something uh, uh, it is a body bag with a body in it yeah which, which raises that... by the time we get to the end is going to raise some questions for me but we'll get to that well that creeped me out as well and yeah that that certainly spooked him enough yeah, he doesn't know what it is. He pulls it out. It's like, what is this bag? And then he can feel like you can see just the features enough of like a chin and a mouth. And he's like, oh, fuck, time to get out of the hole. I'm done in the hole. I'm done in the hole. I found something and it was not what I wanted to find. But this thing is down like, yeah, probably 25, 30, maybe even 40 feet at this point. However long this work ladder is, she come, he just collapses on the sidewalk in front of the house and is like having trouble breathing. She comes back from trying to, There's this is a weird thing where, 
like where she she's coming back from trying to follow the kid who never does have a name does he because it's not no. I, mean, I guess it's they're all martin but <laughs> and where she's at is like really foggy and where he's at in front of the house isn't and they're calling to each other but they can't seem to like they're right down it, it was a weird i don't know what that was supposed to be because he's like calling for her and she's calling for him and they can't seem to find each other but she's literally right down the street i don't know but eventually she gets over it's just kind of wasting time in a movie that's already longer than it should be for the story that we have when she gets to him she realizes like oh shit he's like dying and wants to bring him in the house and the kid has locked them out he's just sitting there watching his tv she's banging on the window he looks over acknowledges that she is there and just doesn't let them in the house so they spend the night sleeping in the car and then they get out again the next day and yeah it, it takes quite a while but he dies mid reminiscence. Like they're sitting there as the sun is either coming down or going up. I'm not sure, but probably coming up. They've spent the night out on the sidewalk, talking about you know the night they first met and whatever. And he just like dies mid conversation. You know, I, I thought that was a great moment for Eisenberg in particular. He does. He and Imogene Poots do sell this movie and their performances, especially this uh, scene together. Yeah, it's it's two good actors doing their thing like it's not you know yeah i have no issue with that it's fine it's just not in this it's just in the service of <laughs> not much maybe yeah so he died well and at one point the kid had come out and been like well maybe it's time to release him they, they have a very different definition of release than we do because it's not we're gonna let him go to a hospital <laughs> kid comes back with a box and she's like oh what's in the box it's a body bag yeah and then and kudos to we see three different actors in this movie get put up in this bag and kudos to them for because this thing looks like it would not be comfortable to film because it's like a shrink vac you know like a vacuum pack yeah. bag and you can see it like pushing jesse eisenberg's nose up against his face like it like they actually put him in there and like sucked all the hair out for a second and it's like swooshing his face up against the thing it looked like it was probably not fun to do but i imagine yeah so he put yeah he puts him in this bag and then just chucks him down the hole because he literally dug his own grave for the Which, people in the for the people in the back yeah. <laughs> who yeah. take who take a second you know yeah now hope hopefully you see it yeah just chucks tom down the hole that he dug but here's so whoever was in this house before them also was obsessed with digging a hole in this exact spot that tom was and that's why his body bag is down I, I had to imagine someone tried before but failed. But in that exact so spot, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it seems very, I don't know. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Gemma tries to take this kid out with the pickaxe. I keep saying kid. I mean, he looks like a grown man now, but we never have names, so I'm just going to call him the kid. Yeah. He tries to take him out with the pickaxe. Does manage to, like, scratch his forehead and he lets out, like, an inhuman sound. And then he... And here's here's where for me <laughs> the movie goes a little too just because I don't I don't know I have questions he like scurries on all fours over to the curb and lifts it up like at the edge of a rug which is kind of cool looking and he like yeah. whoop, disappears into the street she follows after him and it's like this discombobulated like parts of the house all in this one hallway that's like a slope that she slides down and now she is every door she goes through she is in a different here's my question is what she is seeing obviously there's some space-time shit going on here but is she seeing other versions of this experiment that are happening at the same time in somewhere in the neighborhood with other people or is she seeing the past people who were in this space you know uh, either sound possible, honestly. She could be seeing others suffering as she she has, or these are like visions of who else, who came before them. Yeah, it's not I clear. Saying, I couldn't figure that out either. Because it's like each one, each room that she slides or falls into is a different color. Like one of them is bright blue, like all the lighting is blue. Yeah. One of them, is, everything is red, and the other one, everything is green. So I don't know if it's meant to be really happening just then or if she is seeing stuff. I don't know. No, I don't think she's like hallucinating things. My question is just because she sees like another woman who's 
at, right. at the table crying while the kid is screaming or whatever. But she makes eye contact with this lady and the lady's like, sees her. And then she's falls through a thing. Well, she, yeah, she gets sucked down through the carpet. Yeah, that was a good effect. It was, it was a, good a good effect, effect but what does it mean? Where is she at? <laughs> Under the street is what? A portal to what? I don't know, but... And she see there's a yeah there's a couple having sex and the kid is watching again and like clapping, <laughs> which they're really putting up with a lot this couple, but and then she the third one she's in someone just checked out like is in the bathtub and like split slit their own wrist because they were done dealing with this so she sees but why it's important to me is this past things that have happened in the house they are in or is it things that are simultaneously happening somewhere in the neighborhood. Is because you know, it, thinking about it, thinking about it, I'd say simultaneously. Yeah, I think that sounds more plausible. Because towards my question of what is the end game for these aliens, if you're doing this in a bunch of houses at once, it makes a little more sense. But if she is seeing just past, like you're just using this one house over and over, which clearly they have because he found a body bag in the hole. Yeah. Then you literally are just doing this one kid at a time, and what is the fucking point? You're not taking over the world one kid at a time. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And my first instinct was that it was happening simultaneously, in different houses. You know, just they're in different whatever. You just can't see each other. Right. Um. But my question is, and well, that would explain like who he's going to see every day. Maybe they're all meeting up to exchange information. Yeah. But then why are they in, why is he an adult, but all the other kids she sees seem to be the same age, not either his age or in varying stages? I guess they didn't all start like, at the same time or. Yeah. But like all the kids she sees in that part of the movie are the same exact age. Yeah. Like not like a baby here, a kid there, and an <laughs> right. adult there. They're all the same. I know. Again, I, there's questions that are not answered, <laughs> and I don't need them yeah. all answered, but I need <laughs> I need some kind of foundation to stand on. But yeah, my my assumption is that they're all in their own sort of separate, contained snow globe type environment, and under the street here is like the doors between them. Mm-hmm. That that's how the aliens can travel in between, you know. But then why is one red and one is blue? And I, I don't know. Just stylistic choice, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that it's a stylistic choice, but as a but I need but <laughs> it doesn't make sense for why that and never mind. Forget it. I'm probably thinking way too hard about and being a little nitpicky probably because that's the nature of this show. Again, I did not hate this movie. I think there's a lot. I don't think it's terrible. It's just not as good as it could have been. I guess is what I would say. I feel like with a little less or a little more, one way or the other. Right. It's just in this real not sweet spot where it was, yeah, Mm -hmm. not quite enough or a little too much. But she winds up back in their version of house number nine and the kid's just sealing her up in a body bag. And she's like, what was this even for? Like, what is this? And he sort of explains that like... Like he explains what's their version of motherhood. Yeah, Yeah, just like raise our... We needed someone to raise our children. Yeah. Why? Says, Don't know. He says, what is, what am I in all this? And he says, a mother. Someone who prepares, I wrote all the dialogue down, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> says, someone who prepares her son for the world. And she says, well, then what does a mother do that? He says, she dies. Yeah, which is also not true. <laughs> that is not the, <laughs> at least not physically die. Like maybe, which is another, that's another weird fucking piece of thought in this movie the same as like d- don't d- domestic life is hell and the suburbs are hell and you're whatever but the idea that like once a mother has raised her children her usefulness is at an end as a human being right which is that's a fucked up thing like, well, like you I need said, to differentiate better like... between if that's what these aliens think or if that's what the filmmakers think because so far <laughs> the filmmakers are telling me you know they have thoughts on all of this and I don't, I don't know. That's not great. <laughs> well, as I said, the aliens are probably sadists. Well, they certainly don't care what happens to these people one way or another as long as these kids are being raised. But again, for what purpose? For what purpose? Don't know. To run a real estate office and do this over and over again. But they're not amassing an army. It's one at a time. <laughs> like, And they're not 
infiltrating the government. They're just sitting in uh, whatever. Um, try to go after people two at a time. But Gemma is suffocated in this bag, and he throws her in the hole too, and then fills it in. At speed time. Without dirtying his shirt up at all, but he (laughs) fills this enormous pit in. Also, there was not nearly enough dirt for this forty-foot hole he dug. There's just like a little dirt. Where where did he put all this dirt? Where did it go? But well, he did put in a well. Tom did put dirt in a bucket on the like a little string rail. Yeah, I know how he's getting it out of the hole, but then what? <laughs> Where's it going? Because there should be an enormous pile of dirt in their yard. Anyway, whatever. But, you know. but the dude fills the fills the hole in, and this is kind of this is much better than that stop motion shit. This is a much it's a much more elegant as he he sets the shovel down and walks away, and you just see the grass grow over. Like very kind of subtly grow back over so the thing has just mended itself back to the way it was before they came he has gotten a gas can from somewhere <laughs> did they make excursions into town for i don't know but he, maybe he, he was just maybe maybe there was a hiding place like a secret place they never thought about. I don't know. but he fills their car up with gas drives it back into london or you know i assume it's london filmed, i think it was filmed in ireland so Maybe. Oh, that could be. It's definitely, they're definitely driving on the other side of the road for sure. Yeah. And he goes back to the yonder office where Martin is now, has aged significantly. He's like an old man now. And he just, like, as soon as the new, the new Martin, the new kid that we've been following, walks in and sees him, it's like almost like a resigned, please, like, oh, my (laughs) end of watch, you know, my, my, duty on the wall is is over and he just like his shift is done he just died die well, as soon as he knew martin takes his name tag off and puts it on himself he just like dies peacefully and his replacement is here and this is a cool thing he pulls him out of the chair he puts him in one of these bags and then he rolls him up like a tent and puts him in a drawer which i thought was pretty cool it doesn't make any goddamn sense but i like it <laughs> yeah, he rolls him up like a sleeping bag and just puts him in a filing cabinet for for later. And that's it. And now he's waiting there for the next couple to appear so he can take them to their house and they can raise a child. But again, what is... I don't even want to get into it. I've, I've voiced my voice about it. Just I don't understand the goal of this. I don't... Because it's not an alien invasion. It's not... Lord. You're getting them to raise their kids, but you're doing it like one or two at a time and then sending them to just sit in a real estate office. They're not doing anything until the next one comes. I would have you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I, like, the movie. I like the movie well enough right up until that. If they had shown them like going out in the world and getting jobs, prominent people or something so they could take over the world or whatever, that would have been something. Yeah, it just ends with he just takes old Martin's place. How is that a? Yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> they're such simple creatures that they're they just all they do is live out their life cycle. But I mean, that seems pretty pointless. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it's I think it's there's some intriguing stuff here that just doesn't add up to I... anything really of of meaning. But well, I already stated my reasons why mm-hmm. I love it is just you know. Do love that it's a surrealistic, creepy horror film. In a lot of ways, it reminded me of the Stepford Wives and uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's like the Stepford Kids. Yeah. Well, they literally like Village of the Damned. They're called the Stepford Cuckoos, right? Because <laughs> they're these replacement kids. So I get what they were going for. I just I don't feel that they were 100% successful at it. But it's I think it's worth a watch. It's interesting. And, yeah, I don't think it's terrible. There's good performances. It just felt like kind of empty calories by the time we were done. I yeah, it's a little more of a highbrow. We, I usually have you on for, like, cheap shit, and this is, like, a little more prestige, <laughs> you know? So it's a nice I, change I love, of pace for you. I mean, I love a lot of kinds of horror films, so sure. you know, I'm down for full moon stuff, too. So. That time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episodes will be chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be press the magic button now show us the lesson that we should learn we have to do that uh (laughs) next week's movie is well we're back to more your normal territory uh billy club from 2013 
Billy Club? It is on Tubi. And that's it. Billy. Yeah, it is a horror. It says horror comedy. It looks like a slasher. It's a guy with a baseball bat with nails. Billy Club. Some kind of cheap slasher. So Hmm. back to more my normal. But hey, still in October, still spectacular. I'll take it. That'd be better. It's better than having like a rom com or something in October or a Christmas mm-hmm. movie. That would be the thing. I'd get like a oh. Christmas movie in October or something. Gross. So that's cool. So that's everybody's homework for next week. Billy Club from 2013 on Tubi. I guess also Pluto TV. So those are two free ways to watch it. Let's get through these uh, socials real quick and get on to uh, the three of us. Will be. I was hoping to keep this episode short so we can do because we're doing two this week, but I wound up going. Maybe there's more to talk about than I thought. But anyway, there will be another episode releasing this week. It will be the my three lovely guests here returning for a 50-question horror movie trivia challenge. They've all got buzzers. They've all got a brain full of useless knowledge. <laughs> and we're going to put it to the test. No prize. No. So keep an eye out for that. That'll be entertaining as well. Uh, let's get everybody's. Let's do this quick. Shannon, where can people find you? Um, on YouTube, Tonks1989, and on Instagram, Gilded Griffin. Chris, where can people find you? Um, same as always, uh, Project Nerd Shirt on pretty much everything Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and now I am finally on TikTok as well. I'm just doing basically posts like I do on every other social but just yeah I'm on TikTok now same Sebastian I'm on uh, Twitter um, MVBRAT91 SJW James Bond and I can be found on the MCU dedicated podcast Agents of SJW correct I am as always at Heath Lambert 78 the show is at that's so random P2 show is the email address that's so random pod at gmail.com also on Slasher, also on TikTok. Thank you to all of my guests. It was nice to get them all in the same quote-unquote room. A bunch of heroes. And that'll do it for this week. Billy Club next week. We'll see how that goes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.